Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today's sermon. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated, everybody. Good morning again. And welcome to all of our guests and visitors, and especially the very handsome crowd of the Teen Challenge men. Let's give these guys a round of applause. <clears throat> Y'all's uh, experience and challenge and testimony and witness is really important to us and to everybody you encounter. You guys are a blessing, and we love you. One of the wonderful traditions in our uh, denomination is following the lectionary each Sunday. We read passages of Scripture over time because they tell the whole story of God's love and salvation. And it's really important, um, important on mornings like this because there comes a topic that some of us wonder about due to the loving, caring, merciful, forgiving heart of God, and that topic is the fear of God. Our Old Testament reading records that when Moses came down from Mount Sinai carrying the commandments, the law carved into stone, that the Israelites, and remember these are God's chosen, beloved people, the Israelites saw Moses' face was radiant or glowing, and they were afraid. They were afraid of God's power. We heard the same reaction by Jesus' disciples in our New Testament passage when Peter, James, and John, and remember, the, these, were the, these were the key disciples. The, these were top-drawer guys. When Peter, James, and John saw the transfiguration, that is, Jesus standing with Moses and Elijah, a cloud covered them, and they heard a voice in the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, listen to him. And they were terrified, says one of the gospel translations. Afraid, terrified. Dozens of scriptures throughout the Bible tell us and tell kings and tell nations and everyday people that we should fear the wrath and the power of God because God can topple mountains. He can stir up the sea. He can crush and break the cedars of Lebanon. God pure, holy, sinless, all-powerful, knows everything we think, knows every word we say, knows everything we do. God is pure, holy, sinless, and we are not. God abhors sin. He cannot exist in its presence and we are sinners. No wonder a little fear or a lot of fear about God's holiness and power is a healthy thing. 
It's also a very natural thing for us humans. It's been said that fear underlies many, if not all, of our negative emotions. Beneath stubborn and unrelenting self-reliance, beneath hard-edged and judgmental anger, beneath continuing and sickening unforgiveness, beneath our desire to control people, places, and things is fear. When you are doing things on your own in a broken and challenging world, it is natural to fear. It's like when I drove home one night as a teenager after getting into a fender bender. I feared what my dad would say and do. When we are guilty, we are afraid of the penalty. It's no wonder that some churches and preachers seem to focus on guilt and repentance and fear as the big motivator to faith. Indeed, fear is what some of us need to be shaken awake, to be shaken out of disobedience and sin. But let's admit it, the fire and brimstone approach is kind of a paradox. As I've heard some people say, they feel like they were taught that Jesus loves you, but you are going to H-E-double-L. Jesus loves you, but you're going to H-E-L-L? Huh. We're supposed to fear God and yet trust Him? We're supposed to be afraid of God and yet love Him? Last time I checked, abject fear does not motivate trust. And being coweringly afraid does not motivate love. Thank God that the fear of God is not the whole story. The whole story of God's heart, of His character, of His love means that we must turn the word fear into the word revere. The whole story of God and man is summed up in one fundamental overarching truth, that God does not crush you like a cedar of Lebanon. In fact, His reaction to your sin is quite the opposite. God loves you enough to have really sent, and I mean really sent, physically and historically sent His only Son, Jesus, to pay the price for your sins. Parents, 
Can you imagine sending your child to do that? To suffer like Jesus did? It's unimaginable. The whole story is that God decided to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Listen to how Psalm 103 describes God's heart and what he did for you in Jesus. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He does not deal with us according to our sins or repay us according to our iniquities. His unchanging love toward those who fear Him, toward those who revere Him, is as high as the heavens are above the earth. How high is that? We don't even know. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west in Jesus. How far is the east from the west? It's infinitely far. By God's grace, through faith, and the price Jesus paid for your sins, you are forgiven. I have to tell myself this about 500 times a day. Right, Shay? Yeah. It's not pretty. God no longer sees your sins when he looks at you. God even told the prophet Isaiah that he forgets your sins. Scripture says it in black and white. As Scripture says, and as we really do know in our hearts, it is good and right to revere God, to respect Him, to bow and to kneel before Him, because He is judge and king, but not because he is a retributive, mean-spirited, unforgiving judge and king. No, he is a forgiving, loving judge and king in Jesus. Like everything else in our worship, all the bowing and kneeling we do, and we do it about every three or four minutes, is symbolic of being convicted, of confessing, of asking forgiveness, of laying our sins at the foot of that cross. Because Jesus loves you enough to have suffered and died in your place on that cross. We bow and kneel, not out of fear of retribution, 
but out of gratitude, out of thanksgiving, out of love. The challenge for some of us is really trusting this because the good news can seem too good to be true after some of the things some of us have done and after we've lived with guilt and shame in our hearts. Our job is to accept simply to accept somehow this incredibly wonderful news, to trust that Jesus really, really did pay the price for our sins instead of trying to pay it ourselves with our guilt and our shame. Jesus did his job. We get to enjoy it and tell others about the great job that Jesus did for us and for others. If you sometimes struggle to trust God or feel a bit guarded, because of things you've done. Maybe this morning, let's make a fresh start. Maybe let the facts, the facts, the truth of Jesus' love wash over you in a new way and free you from that guardedness, that shame, that fear. Maybe close your eyes now with me for a moment or two and let Jesus' love change that fear into revere. Father God, I ask you to speak now spiritually and very, very deeply. into each heart here of your love. I know this is going to make some of us uptight, but we're going to breathe out some relief. And we're going to take our time. From the Gospel of John, God loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son that all who believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. From the first letter of John, we know, we know And we rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God. And God 
in them. There is no fear in God's love. There is no fear in God's love. From Paul's letter to the Hebrews. Let us approach God's throne with confidence so that we may receive God's mercy. From our New Testament reading, taken correctly as a summary of the love in marriage, but listen to it this way. God's love is patient. His love is kind. God's love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Let's open our eyes. And let's breathe out a big spiritual sigh of relief. Ah. Those words of God's love are the good news of Christ. And they feel wonderful because they are true and they are wonderful. You know how much you love your children. You would die for them. God loves you in the same way. And that's exactly what He did for you in Jesus. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.